Welcome to Factum Agri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week, I talk with farmers and growers, industry, the science community, and policymakers to hear their stories and views on matters relevant to both our rural and our urban communities. This week on Factum Agri, a look at social media food posts that are helping drive research change. Scientist Marlon Dury joins me to discuss. Hello, Marlon. Thank you for making the time today. Hi, Ingus. Thanks for the opportunity to be here. Please, can you tell me about the work that you do? Um, I work at AgriSearch as a senior scientist in the area of foods. Uh, our research and my research interest is how do we learn about food using digital technology? And when we talk about digital technology, there's two key components there. One is around non-invasive sensors, and the other is around data. Mm. With non-invasive sensors, for example, what we want is to be able to get information about food, raw material that's used to produce food, and then understand and project quality. For example, we have projects using low-cost sensors to measure milk and look at the types of fat, what we call also as a fattest composition, because depending on the breed, depending on the farming system, on the type of feed, that will change. Now, if we look, for example, an artisan cheese that's produce a high-value cheese from that milk, those chains in the milk will affect the characteristics, the flavor of the cheese. So if we can have sensors that helps across those steps from farm to the production and assess the quality, it helps to then have a product that with more consistent quality. Now, coming back to digital technology, in the area of data, now there is a lot of information that's being produced in the farms and across the production system. And if we can use that data to better understand food, that does help us to produce foods that's more connected with the consumers and also help us to understand, for example, how weather events are affecting the quality of that production system. Mm. So that's the two areas in digital technology that we are interested in researching. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, and of course, you are part of research looking into consumer food preferences, as you touched on, and how, yes. of course, um, social media may be influencing food production. Can you expand a bit on that? Yes. Um, now, with the availability of several different types of resources for consumer to post information in the internet and to describe their preference around food, there is an opportunity to understand how consumer perceives food from their lens. So what that means is we can look at food from different factors. For example, we will have the sensory properties, so how food tastes, how food, how what's the flavor, and how consumer perceives 
those attributes in terms of taste, flavor. But we also can start looking at factors, how consumer perceives the importance of production system, the importance of sustainability, provenance. And, and because this information now it's became, start became available, that can also influence how our production systems works. For example, uh, recently provenance has been highlighted and has been seen as an important factor on consumers making decisions about food. And with this new type of technology, give us the opportunity to understand what are the importance of these values, so how important is provenance compared to sensory. And then we can look at this as a quite large scale. Mm. So going back to your question, is understanding those factors affecting consumer interaction with food and then be able to value them and then from those information, we can understand how that information being conveyed by consumers can influence the production system. Mm, okay. So what sort of social media influence are we talking about here? And and how does it work? Yes, that's a good question. When we think about social media and online posts, we can, for example, I like to classify them in two big groups. The first one is online product reviews. That's the case when you buy a product, a food product, and then you provide a feedback on that product. So that means it's a consumer that acquired that product, tasted, and then is now providing information about that specific project problem. But then there is also a set of social media that's very much more around opinions, how you think about food. Um, and that's an area that is not as much specific to the product, but people sharing the feelings about how food's produced and all the facts affect their views around food. So how do you gather information for research in this manner um, and how does it differ from conventional research methods yeah, so we as a research organization we follow protocols that has to fulfill ethical aspects of collecting that data um, and then we have tools that can transform those large sets of information for example online product reviews, there is data databases that has millions of products reviews. Uh, and what we do is bring tools, for example, based on artificial intelligence that can translate those sets of information and things that help us to understand uh, the preference, for example, about the product, for example, if we're talking about butter, mm. um, what are the key words that consumers are using to define butter? Is it those words relate with taste? Are those words connecting with the convenience, with the, the packaging, or are there comments or words 
that are connected with the information about provenance. So one step is translate all those raw comments in information that can us, allow us to understand the impact or the connection with the food. Mm, that's really interesting. Now, of course, social media has many advantages and they are well documented, but it also has many disadvantages, which uh, are well documented too. Um, can you yes. talk to the benefits and equally the disadvantages of collecting data and developing research uh, through social media? Yes. So with the benefits, for example, when we talking about a consumer providing a review in a product, that is about a consumer that had the intention of buying that product, taste that product, and then now it's providing a comment. And that's a very natural process and it's not influencing by a research that's asking the consumer to do a review on a product. So that's a natural process. But alongside that as well, there are bias. And there are not every consumer is going to be able to or is going to have the intention to produce a consumer reviews. Uh, and then we have to start thinking about those bias. For example, what are the ages where people are more likely to produce those reviews? Uh, is there any other agenda behind those reviews that could be adding bias to that information that's being posted? And that's one of the challenges we're using social media is how do we then identify those bias and how do we um, compensate for them so that they outcome of our assessment is not um, biased towards one type of agenda. Mm. And that's one of the challenges when you compare with traditional methods, when we develop questionnaires and we already um, balance the, the consumer we asking to make sure those bias. So the presence of bias in other agendas on those social media posts is one of the challenges of work with this type of data. Yeah, and it must be so hard to collate and, and see through some of the, I'm actually lost for a, a word other than uh, dribble and mindless commentary that can be displayed from from all sorts of people uh, with a view. And of course, everyone on social media is an expert. They all have an opinion and they know everything about the subject at hand. And of course, you have influencers uh, as well who make claims on such things as food particularly, but have no understanding of the science behind food, for example, but they have the ability to influence their followers. So this must have some relevance. Oh, yes, that's an important topic. And for example, in some of these studies that we use source like Twitter, we have tools where we look as well the number of followers. So we sometimes we want to look at general users, not those influencers. Um, but there are also tools that's coming through 
data analysis of text where we can at least get some clues around those agendas and those influences that are affecting the opinion. Mm. So the, the challenge there for us is to be able to bring those tools that are now being made available and then look at the source of social media posts and start separating them in bags. So this is a bag of posts that are most likely to be large influence by giving agendas, but this is a bag of posts that are more genuine around the food, and that's where we have our main interest. Mm, mm. It's really interesting. So where do you think this research will go, and what outcomes are you hoping to see? Yes. So one of the key motivations for us to start with this research was to be able to create a lens, for example, that a farm, a food producer, and look from a consumer's point of view. So we have a lot of information, what's important about food production, what's the importance of sustainability, and what's the importance of provenance. But how do we get that from a consumer point of view? In, but in a very large scale across different countries, across different markets. Mm. And that was the motivation, bring tools that as a food producer, we can look at that lens and then perceive what are the important things for consumer. And ultimately, what we do like to have in the future are tools that can be accessible by farmers, by food producers, where they can then have this dynamic view on how consumer is valuing food. Mm. Interesting work, um, Marlon. Look, I, I thank you very much for your time today, and I look forward to to perhaps catching up again in the future to see how this is all progressing. Uh, thanks, Angus. Thanks for the opportunity to sharing what we've been doing in our research. Research into consumer attitudes preferences and senses that are related to things like taste and smell that are responses to food is important as it can help food producers respond and adapt to changing trends and expectations and in turn support the productivity and profitability of food producing nations like New Zealand. One of New Zealand's greatest strengths within the agri-sector is our ability and desire to continuously evolve and develop our farming systems that ultimately match consumer demand and keep this country at the forefront of global food production. Well, that's all for me this week. Thank you for listening and catch you next time.